My name is Matt Brown. Days, days, days. Be merry and And let's start the show. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni! What's going on, my friends? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Super Bowl weekend is here, and we're kicking it off with one special, monumental, and significant Super Bowl preview show. But before we talk all things Chiefs and Eagles, talk about the major storylines going into this game, and plenty more after that, and of course, give our final picks of the NFL season, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube, and don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com, and don't forget to check us out in the world of social media, on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdComopod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We are here with show 197. And in September, we started a goal. Can we cover the entire NFL season on this podcast? And we're just about there. We started in the beginning of September. And we're here as we're just about to hit the middle of February. And Super Bowl weekend. One of my favorite weekends of the year, a weekend that is really, really special, a weekend the NFL goes really hard with now, so we're going to bring just as much fire and energy for this, the Super Bowl preview podcast, but we got through the regular season, got through the playoffs, and the big game is this Sunday, so with that, we're going to have the NFL productive crew with us. Alex Young, Alex Ranelio, Brian McKean, and myself are going in-depth and going into this game like never before. This is the third Super Bowl covered on this podcast, and we're going to get better each and every single year. So the official Super Bowl podcast will feature predictions on the game, talking about the big headlines coming into it, such as the Kelsey vs. Kelsey storyline, Andy Reid's legacy, Mahomes punching a Hall of Fame ticket if he wins this game, and plenty more after that. And we're just going to also just have a good time talking football before we wrap things up next week with the Super Bowl reaction and then an end-of-year recap of the NFL season. And then we get into regular programming like we usually do as the NBA season is really going to get into their busy season. We'll talk things. Baseball coming up. Golf will be here. And then we'll get into other productive conversations like we have in the past. As I mentioned, we have five in-studio shows to release. We started booking more guests throughout the past couple weeks. And... As we approach 200 episodes and more, as we get more and more views on our reels and social media platforms, and yeah, the future is bright for this show, and we can't do it without the Productive Nation. We can't do it without the greatest listeners and fans in the world, and I can't do it without my collaborators. Thank you to Alex the Jesus for what he does in producing the extra content and of course the guys who have been with me all season Brian Alex and Alex it's very very humbling 
to be a part of this. And I can't wait to see what the future brings. So let's start it off with the Super Bowl preview. Super Bowl 57 broadcasting live on the Fox Network at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. The game will take place at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona with a halftime show featuring Rihanna and just an incredible game on the horizon. It's going to be a lot of fun, so let's get into it. Let's talk Super Bowl 57 with the best podcasting crew around. Alex Young, Alex Ranelio, Brian McKeon. It's your guys' turn once again. We've made it. Let's talk and preview Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. The big game is here. Super Bowl 57, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs out in Glendale, Arizona. And it's going to be a game for the ages. Let's hope it's a classic, even though you definitely know who I want to win. But let's just have a good time with it. And let's preview Super Bowl 57 with Alex Rinelli, Brian McKeon, and Alex Young. Gentlemen, we made it here. The whole season of coverage. And finally, two teams are left. And that's the Eagles and the Chiefs. So... We'll get more in depth on the keys to victory for both teams. But at least for right now, when you see this matchup on paper, in just a few words or less, tell me how do you feel about this matchup going into it in the Eagles and the Chiefs? Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think it's two great offenses uh, and one great defense with the Eagles. Uh, the Chiefs defense is all right with, with Chris Jones, but... I think it's the the eyes are going to be on the offense. Uh, two uh, black quarterbacks starting in a Super Bowl for the first time is pretty cool uh, matchup to see. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, both guys kind of underdogs, if you will, starting off in their careers uh, hurts more than Mahomes. But uh, both guys will the teams here. I think it's going to be a fun, exciting game. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking for a high powered. Uh, shootout between these two teams. Uh, that's the Super Bowl I kind of want. I don't want. I don't want the slugfest like defensive matchup. I want full on college football, like just ridiculous scores here. Because I think that'd be the most entertaining, knowing how good these two offenses are. Yeah, couldn't agree with you anymore. I think it's going to be a. I think it's two powerful offenses with one defense that is a solidified itself as you know, the second best defense of all time. One could say, if you just look at this, you know, statistics with the 85 bears and uh, the 2000 Ravens uh, and, you know, uh, uh, Kansas city defense, you know, that, you know, they're no chump either. They have uh, played well this season, you know, when needed to, they know how to step up in big games um, and make the plays when needed. So uh, I think it's going to be a fair matchup and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'm uh, very excited. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, um, you know, some of these coordinators are able to dial up who has the coaching advantage. And I think that um, that's definitely going to play in favor of, uh, of either team, depending on how they play their cards, right. You know, who pulls the first punch and who, you know, uh, withdraws and makes second half adjustments, um, who's rising to the occasion. So it's awesome when you have two number one matchups, and you have two number one seeds going at it. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so excited that my body can't handle it. So 
This will be a fun matchup. The best in the AFC, the best in the NFC. And we really have some legacies on the line one way or the other, especially how people will be remembered. And that's going to be a real talking point that I'm going to speak on now because the Super Bowl always has its storylines with it. This year's Super Bowl, as mentioned, two black quarterbacks going at it for the first time. Very, very sweet to see. And it's nice to know that the NFL, that that is a normal occurrence now. And now it, um, with more black quarterbacks, it was a problem way back when, but now it's not. So we're happy with that progress in that sense. And this is going to be two great athletes leading their teams to the ultimate game and moment. And I'm really excited to see how that unfolds because I'm sure we will at least see these two quarterbacks and many of the big, have many opportunities in the big game. And another thing that takes place, a big storyline into this. Why don't we speak on Andy Reid, first of all. This is a cool situation with a obvious Hall of Famer in Andy Reid, one of the best coaches to ever do it, and he has led the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl. He has led the Chiefs to the Super Bowl in a Super Bowl victory. And now wouldn't it be such a great and poetic ending if Andy Reid can beat his old employer in the Super Bowl, the team that he took to so many NFC championships, the team that he almost and very closely was able to get them their first Super Bowl win back, win back in 2004 against the Patriots, but he always came up short. And he gets the chance at Kansas City to reinvent himself, rejuvenates the Kansas City Chiefs franchise. And if he can win his second Super Bowl and beat the one team that would have let him fulfill the ultimate dream. How can you not like that? Talk to me on how you guys feel about Andy Reid in this and how important is this game? And let's get dramatic with it. Is this Andy Reid's biggest game of his life as a coach? The answer is obviously yes, but I'd like to hear your perspectives. So I, you know, I always come under the opinion that every game is the biggest game of your life up to that point. So for Andy Reid in this situation now, as he's, you know, towards the retirement age of coaching, this is his biggest um, game of his career, if you think about it, because he doesn't, you're not guaranteed to come back to this. It is so rare to consistently go to the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl, let alone the NFC champion, the NFC or the AFC championship game. And Andy Reid has done it now 10 times in his coaching career, which is just an absolute amazing stat. 10 conference championship games. And now he's going to, um, I'm trying to think, what would this be, his uh, fifth Super Bowl? No, I it's believe? only his third. Or his third, I'm sorry, third. Uh, fifth consecutive AFC championship game. Mm, My, yeah, that's right, man. You know, this is an absolutely amazing statistic the man loves cheeseburgers i'm a i'm a fan of him already uh there's a lot of riding on him i think this puts him in you know we always talk about the great coaches and i always think of like you know george hallis uh bill parcells bill belichick you know and then the other second tier guys then you have like pete carroll andy reed like you know those kind of guys like uh, tom landry i'd put in the top tier as well and how do you get into that top tier this Super Bowl right here is it for him, you know, beating your former, you know, 
former team that you coached a very long time brought them to Super Bowls against arguably, you know, a top five defense all time, in my opinion, in the Eagles. Um, as an offensive, you know, guru and Andy Reid, this is the ultimate challenge and the test for him where if he wins, you know, he can walk off into the sunset happy. I think you make some great points, Brian. I think when we distinguish the tiers of coaching um, throughout the history of the game, I think that there's definitely a lot on the line with Andy Reid in that proper context. I think in the overall big picture, I don't think he really has much left to prove. Um, I think winning the first Super Bowl was the biggest game of his life uh, prior to this. And I don't think this will really usurp it, even with some of the, you know, the blood of the recent past with uh, his coaching, with his coaching career. A lot of guys, you know, they trade to different organizations and they, they, they circulate around the league in the same circle. So I think that a little bit of that is overhyped, but I think that he'll definitely have a little bit of retributional edge uh, in the back of his mind when he comes into this game. And I'm sure it's been going on all week in the back of his subconscious. So I think that a lot of what's going to um, come down to the, the wire for him and, and how we perceive him is just going to be a matter of where we rank him amongst the amongst the greats. And um, I think that the other thing, too, like you said, is this particular game and is really possibly maybe the last chance he does get a crack at a second Super Bowl because we, the one thing that we have talked about the entire podcast leading up to this in, in weeks past is there's just so much good budding AFC competition. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks on the pipeline that will be back in this position year after year. So I don't know that he may get this chance again um, when we consider that. Not for long, like you said, that the NFL stands for. And by the way, yeah. I, this would be his fourth Super Bowl. So three coming into this. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with, with both you guys. Um, I mean, I, I agree with Dallas. I think him getting over the hump winning the first Super Bowl was, I think, the, the key thing, right? I think all of us knew how great of a coach he was, but like whatever it mattered most for the big game, he never seemed to exceed that he finally got a Super Bowl. And I think that he, he earned that. I, I, I think – this go around is more of the Brady Belichick dynamic of <laughs> I, I I I didn't need you to win a Super Bowl. I think that's the matchup you need to look at, right? Like Brady goes to the box, he wins a Super Bowl, and everyone was like, He needs Belichick. And then he's like, Yeah, I didn't need you. I still got my Super Bowl. I think that's how Andy could look at it that way, right? And he understands how big this game is. It's never easy to go to Super Bowl. You constantly hear him say, He's got, you know, multiple AFC championship games in a row, but, you know, he didn't go to five straight Super Bowls, right? There's times where he lost. It's never easy to get there, but I think that's how you look at it. As a fan, for me, that's how I'm looking at it. It's more of like, it's like his redemption of, I built myself in Philly, but it didn't work out. I won a Super Bowl in Kansas City, but now I'm going against you. And now I'm going to say, you know what? Like, I'm better than you. I can do this. I didn't need you. Like, again, I didn't need you, but... It'd just be a kind of a weird kind of redemption for him. Um, because like we said before, like Alex said, and like how I agree with that Freezer Bowl was kind of his thing of, you know, he never got a rub, he finally got it up. Now I think this is kind of a cool kind of revenge redemption kind of thing of you know, I beat my former team to get my second <laughs> Super Bowl and you know, I can go off into the sunset knowing that I, you know, won up the team that, you know, or my former team where everyone thought, you know, I was not gonna be successful and I go to Kansas City and do what I did. So it should be a fun matchup, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's very hard to get to Super Bowl. We see that year in, year out, even with a quarterback like Mahomes. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But 
they have to go all in on this one too. You can't take this one easy and think you're going to get right back there the next year. Yeah, I think his I think his um football life his football life documentary wants to end with him beating the Eagles, not the other way around. Let me. Uh, I just want to add one more uh, quick stat that I found interesting. There's only been 13 head coaches that have multiple Super Bowl wins, so he wins this one and he becomes number 14, having two. So you know that's a really you know really big stat. And then if you look closer at that stat, there's only three, uh, four coaches that have more than two. So, you know, getting that second Super Bowl really puts you in a tier like no other. And I'm sure looking at those lists, those are pretty much all Hall of Famers in that, in that coaching tree. But um, that's what's special. That's what he can accomplish. And he's been a lifer in the NFL for a long time. Let's see him knock off this team that is the favorite at the moment in the Eagles. Kelsey versus Kelsey is a story that everybody can get behind and be interested in. The center for the Eagles is Jason Kelsey. The tight end for for the Chiefs. <coughs> Excuse me. So excited. So, as I was saying, the center for the Eagles is Jason Kelsey. The tight end for the Chiefs is Travis Kelsey. And for the first time ever, we're having two brothers go against each other, both offensive players, so it would have been hilarious to see one of them tackle the other. But um, this is going to be really, really sweet to watch. Just two boys from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, played for the University of Cincinnati together. Jason Kelsey, I think, um, also helped Travis Kelsey after he got kicked off the Cincinnati Bengals team I was reading. I actually didn't know that story. (laughs) And gave him this opportunity to, you know, both be arguably can you can argue can argument you can make an argument that both of these players can make the Hall of Fame. I think over it's five pro all pro selections between the two of them, they at least have five or more. And I just want to talk about and add to it this this Kelsey versus Kelsey matchup. Tell me just how excited do you think about this? Like every other show in America is talking about it, but what do you? think can really stick out in this special matchup more than anything mm-hmm. i was gonna say i mean they both do a podcast together and i think they're doing like a great job on the podcast it's always fun to fun to, to listen in and see what they do uh yeah i mean it just kind of ties uh, the families together um and i think it's awesome uh technically the family can't lose uh i think i think jason's Wife is pregnant right now, um, so we we're. I was kind of yes, joking with my family. Mess, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was joking with my family. You know that either way, you know either Travis, the uncle, is going to come in with a Super Bowl, or you know the dad mm-hmm. is. So either way, they're going to be able to have a Lombardi right in front of them right when they're born, which would be pretty cool. Uh, but you know, I, I think it just adds to the excitement of this game. Um, they're both respected in the league, like you said, Matt. There's you know you know the arguably both Hall of Famers, Travis is probably a lock at this rate and what he's done in his career. Uh, but Jason's been a great player in his own right as well. Um, so I'm excited to see that matchup. Um, you know, them, you know, they're both on offense, but uh, it's going to be cool to see how they kind of maybe talk trash to each other on the sidelines or something like that as the game's going on. So it's going to be a fun wrinkle. I think we're all kind of interested to see it, but it's, it's great for the Kelsey family. And like I said, they're not, they're walking away, you know, not losing at any point. So that's awesome for them too. Yeah, and they both already have a Super Bowl with um amongst each other as well. Mm-hmm. So 
Mm. Who's going to get a second one? Yeah, I'm speaking I agree. hypothetically by when I say that. We'll obviously get into that <laughs> more, a little more. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I always think about it like, um, you know, brothers in the NFL, like the amazing ability to like play against each other. You know, you have the Watts and the Boses. You know, if you really think about it, um, you know, this is it's 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 you know, we've seen so many combos of brothers playing the NFL. I'm um, in families. You'd be shocked that we've never seen anyone playing the Super Bowl yet together. Um, you know. I would say the one that came would be the closest just because of, you know, the time. Um, unfortunately, he got hurt. You know, the Sharp brothers, Shannon and Sterling mm-hmm. Sharp, you know, on those two great offenses at the time, you know, those were the closest ones you could see playing each other in the Super Bowl. And now you finally see it happen. Um, It's awesome. It's awesome for the family. Like, uh, there's people petitioning for their mom to do the coin toss. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, they're two lock hall of famers, you know. Uh, Jason Kelly, uh, Jason Kelsey's, you know, started 176 games in his career. He's a five-time old pro, six-time pro bowler. Travis Kelsey, you know, is basically a lock for first or second team old pro now. And between the trio of him, Mark Andrews and George Kittle now, it's just a constant rotation of who's better every season. And you look at right now, he's 33 years old and he has almost uh, 10,500 receiving yards. Not only are we talking him about him being one of the best tight ends of all time, we're talking about him being one of the best receivers of all time at a yardage point. Because the way he's playing with Mahomes as a true number one receiver, barring any health injuries, he plays for another five years. You know, he's going to hit 15,000 at least. And then you're getting in the territory of, you know, Larry Fitz, T.O. and stuff like that. So there's there's no doubt in my mind he could finish top five in receiving all time. So it's really, you know, it's a great thing for the league. It's good PR. They have a great podcast. I love it. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens. I'm happy um, that they're not on opposite sides of the ball because that would suck after going to go up against your brother mm. and saying, yeah, he burns me in the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I – I agree with everything you guys said so far. I it's funny when, when you guys said brothers in the Super Bowl, my mind immediately first went to the Harbaugh's actually in 2013. Um, I thought oh, that yeah. was pretty, wow. That was pretty, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because it's like both of them have both uh, sets of their hands on the entire gameplay, but um, but I, I think with this one too, there's two different conversations going on parallel with with these brothers too, which is who has the bigger historical implication slash context um, aligned with what's at stake in the Super Bowl? Or is the second conversation, which I think is more interesting to be had, is who's more valuable to their team? Because, I mean, it's very easy to just Im- immediately uh, dismiss Jason and just go right to Travis because we highlight, you know, the um, you know the glamorous play and the big catches and all the the highlights and the hoopla. But Jason Kelsey is the rock of that offensive line, and if those plays don't get off, um, and you know the the tempo is disrupted, um, Hertz doesn't look as good as he he's supposed to, and that that rushing game, that rushing attack is not. Uh, as sound as it should be. So him being the rock in the middle, I think that the bigger, more interesting conversation to be had is who's more valuable as a Kelsey to their team. That is the best way to go about it, Alex. I think um, that is true. Who contributes the most to them? And we'll see what the future brings with the Kelsey brothers after that, because for the rest of your life, that is the ultimate one-up for the Kelsey brothers. And... 
you know, you just hope both of them get into the Hall of Fame at least to uh, make somebody feel a little more comfortable that they lost <laughs> to their brother. But <laughs> in the end, both of them have rings already. So let's see who gets number two. And speaking of Hall of Famers, I think one epic thing to discuss with this game in particular, especially for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl, does that make him a lock Hall of Famer? I think the answer is, again, obviously yes, especially for what he's been accomplished in this short amount of time. And if you get a second Super Bowl and say you win a Super Bowl, a second Super Bowl MVP, only Hall of Fame quarterbacks have done it. There's five of them. Let's see if Mahomes could be number six and also secure his Hall of Fame spot. Please add to the conversation as well. Patrick Mahomes, if he wins this Super Bowl, is he going to the Hall of Fame if he retired the next day? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. The way I even think about it is this. I'm just looking at his stats right now. Already, he has more first-team old pros than Drew Brees. Drew Brees only has one first-team old pro and, like, four second-team old pros. And he already has two within, you know, how many years now? Five years. Drew Brees played, you know, close to more than 15. Um, Stuff like that. His accolades speak for himself. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's an Offensive Player of the Year. You know, 105.7 passer rating. Like that's that's ridiculous that he has that for his career at the moment. Um, he's close. He's he's above 65 percent completion completion percentage, and he's you know 192 to 49 TD interception ratio. You know he already has a whole. You know they always show um Tom Brady's like breakups of his like three decades he encompassed in his career. Um, and if you look at all those stats, they say all three could be a Hall of Fame uh, caliber player. If you look in the first couple of years, it's the same exact stats as Pat Mahomes for yardage and touchdowns and stuff like that, win percentage, maybe one more Super Bowl ring, but he's solidified himself as a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't say first ballot because, you know, it's the luck of the draw of your class, but definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I uh, totally agree because if, like, like Eli has two, like I'm looking at the other man, people debate, you know, if he's a Hall of Famer, to me, yeah, Giants bias. But Mahomes has better stats already than what he's done. And he had two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl uh, MVPs, and he has better stats than Eli. And Eli played a bunch of years in the NFL, right? So I think if Mahomes retired today, I think he would have the highest passer rating in NFL this year. I could be wrong there, uh, but he's up there in terms of all that. Um, yeah, no, it's a lock. I mean, he could literally win and then just retire and wait to go to Can. I mean, he's not going to do that. He's got to keep on playing because he's getting paid a boatload of money and he is very, very good. Um, but yeah, if he wins this, he's a lock. Um, he probably is a lock already, even with just the one, um, you know, just because of how great of a talent he is. Um, but yeah, for sure. He wins the second one. It's just a wrap. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think regard without the second, he's still in, but it's a, it's a harder, uh, it's a harder sell. If he wins the second one, it's, it's a for sure, foregone conclusion that he'll be a lock. I kind of view this in the same conversational context as the Andy Reid discussion in terms of hierarchy and where we put these guys um, projecting out the remainder of their career. But I also find it fascinating, you know, with the duality of, you know, uh, guys that are kind of hybrid athletes. And I almost wonder, and again, this is just prognosticating, but, you know, maybe the 10 years down the road, maybe he gets complacent and he gets sick of getting hit and tearing up his ankle and stuff. Maybe he just goes play baseball and does a 180. I mean, I know it's probably a pipe dream because you 
your muscles get into a certain routine and rhythm with one sport, but you know, it's, it's done, it's been done before it's done, been done with, with Jordan, obviously Bo Jackson, uh, Dion, like, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think for now, you know, more than ever too, um, guys with, with, with the, with, um, the health regiment they're on and their ability to extend their careers. I mean, it's not out of the realm of reality because the fact of the matter is too, baseball is a far um, easier sport on the body than NFL could be. And maybe he just, you know, maybe he just looks at his career and his accomplishments, you know, eight, 10 years from now and says like, you know, I've done everything there is to do. I don't want to end up like Brady towards the end where I'm degrading on the field in my last season. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to capitalize on a second, on a second market. How about that? So let's get into this right here, right now. Now let's break down the Super Bowl. The way this is going to work, I'll do what I do every week, introducing the matchup. Then we're just going to go on the Eagles side and the Chiefs side, and then we'll give your final predictions and give a final score, and that's how we will break down this game. So for the last time this season, Let's do it. Super Bowl 57 out in Glendale, Arizona. Kickoff is 630 Eastern time. The Eagles are favored by one and a half at this moment. So let's ask the big question right now and first go to the NFC side. What are the keys to victory for the Philadelphia Eagles? So the keys, the keys, the keys for this great Philly team. It's very simple. Do exactly what got you here. Run game, set up play action. You know, offensive line has to play physical. You got to set up Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. You got to do RPO with Jalen Hurts. You know, you have two number one receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on this team. Use them well. You have a great tight end for over the middle in Dallas Goddard. Play him the right way that you have done this entire season. Um, make Get separation. And with the defense, do exactly what you did. There's, there's a reason why. You had four starters on the defensive line have 10-plus sacks. It's while you're two shy sacks away from the all-time sack record for a team with the 85 Bears. There's a reason why your safety, who's more of a, a hitter, became a ball hawk this year and led the league in interceptions. And uh, it's TJ Gardner-Johnson. Keep on playing the way you have been doing, and you will win this game. Simple as that. Yep. Uh, agree with what, what Brian said. Um, they have to keep on doing what they've been doing um, and find what's working early and go for it. Um, you know, attack early. Um, we've seen the Chiefs sometimes uh, come out slow, so the Eagles need to take advantage if that's the case. I know it's a Super Bowl, so I doubt the Chiefs will come out slow, but it might happen. Um, but just be aggressive, um, but be smart about it um, and let their defense do the work. Uh, their reason why they're here. They're the key reason why they're here. I know Hurts played it was mine, but that defense is something special. Um, let them, you know, get the, the you know get the feel of the game going, um, and and just get after Mahomes. I know Mahomes said he's feeling a hundred percent, but again, he gets to be doing that as a smoke screen. Um, but just Eagles, just come out, be relentless, um, and do exactly you know what they did to get here. Like Brian said, um, you know, then yeah, I mean their offense is great. Hertz is great. Um, I don't think they're a team that's going to let this moment slip past them. Um, I don't think they're going to be too afraid of the moment. I think they're excited to be here, um, and I expect them to do well. Um, so the key to them, like I said, to me is just be aggressive, uh, attack early, and let their defense do the work. 
I'm more interested in the um, the comparison of the coaches at the at the at the uh, uh, at the coin toss because I think that regardless of who wins the coin toss, I think Sirianni and the Eagles are going to play a conservative offense in the first half. They're going to try to feel out their opponent and um, you know take a shot you know sparingly here and there just to kind of see um, how they react to pain. It's almost like going to the doctor and they like hit your knee and see if your your knee kicks up and it's just like a way of kind of knowing what what you respond to i think that they're going to kind of play the same way they're not going to get out of their element they're going to play the offense that got them there um just like you guys have both said and reiterated so um i but i think you know when it comes to sirianni versus andy Reid, i think in the first half i think you're really going to see a few more chances taken from andy because he's playing with house money being being the underdog coming into this game and i think that um his edge is psychological warfare when it comes to offense and running um, uh, against a younger coach. So tell me now, gentlemen, what does the Eagles have to avoid doing? What are they not going to do to screw this up? I would say getting too, too creative, trying to outsmart Mm. the opponent by doing these crazy, you know, Double motion, you know, sweeps and bullshit on offense. You know, we know when the offensive coordinators get just get too crazy and uh, and ends up, you know, getting negative yards, and then you have a problem with that. You know, you just got to keep on doing what you're doing, and that's a north and south run game straight up the middle. That's what they're known for. Don't go to the edges. You have an injured right tackle right now. You don't want to get him get him messed up. You know, just play the game you were doing. But yeah, avoid that. And for the defense, I think the key would be with Patrick Mahomes. And with um, they don't have a great offensive line, but they have a good offensive line. Their uh, rookie centers well, uh, really well. I think his name is Humphrey um, on the Chiefs. You save know. that. Save that Chiefs coverage for when we talk specifically about the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the for the defense, though, I would say don't get so aggressive in your pass rush. Rely on your main four guys and try to you know keep as many linebackers and cornerbacks as you can in coverage because, you know, Pat Mahomes, if when mobile will make mistakes and you, if you have more men downfield defending, the chance of you getting an interception is a lot higher. And with a defensive line like this, you don't need to rely on a blitz to get past rush. So, you know, stay true to your typical, you know, rush just from your linemen and not get so crazy with all these uh, design blitz schemes. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say just for the offense, just – uh, not be too conservative, um, especially early. You know, try to take your shots here and there when you can, but make sure they're smart shots. Um, you know, just don't, you know, just try to just be too cute. You know, just not trying to just, you know, run the ball down all the plays if it's not working. Um, if you have a shot, take it. Doesn't hurt, you know, just be smart about the shots you take. Just don't be, you know, over aggressive. For the, for the defense, uh, I think this for the Eagles, their key thing is just to limit, you know, the Chiefs chunk plays. Um, you know, we've seen what Mahomes could do even under pressure. If he's running around, next thing you know, he can underhand the ball, throw it 55 yards and kind of a touchdown. We've seen it before. It's insane what he can do. Uh, just limit the chunk plays. That's what the Chiefs do to get momentum, these big uh, plays uh, down the field. So the Eagles just have to try to, you know, keep it contained as best they can. I know it's tough. You're asking a lot, especially with, like I said, Mahomes and Kelsey dealing with that. Isaiah Pacheco. 
Um, you know, and the receiving card, another the, the Chiefs uh, receiving card is banged up, but they always find a way. They always have a great next man up mentality over in Kansas City. So, you know, the Eagles just have to really limit the chunk plays um, from the Chiefs, uh, you know, because that's what the Chiefs do to kind of gain momentum and try to, you know, uh, ice games down the stretch. Four guys with 10 or more sacks this year. It's, it's, I don't think it's ever been done prior to this Philly team. I think that that really needs to be the emphasis for the defenses collapsing the pocket and not, you know, risking by sending a fifth um, off the line, but at least disrupting the pocket so that Mahomes has to put weight and emphasis on that ankle and really get him out of his element. We saw the same reaction that happened when uh, Tampa um, took over that Super Bowl and how he was disrupted and out of out of sorts. And I think that Philly's going to be looking at a lot of tape from that Tampa Super Bowl as well. So now let's switch it to the AFC side. The Kansas City Chiefs, what do they need to do to secure their second Super Bowl in five years? No, sorry, um, in four years. Run the football. I think they have mm-hmm. to run the football. I think they have to do exactly what uh, no one expects them to do, and that's run the football. You have injured receivers. You know, Kelsey still has that bad back injury from the – the AFC championship game that was lingering during practice that week. It's still, they said, I think, believe uh, it's still bothering them a little bit now. Um, run the football. You have Pacheco. You have uh, McKinnon. You know, use that to your advantage. It's going to help you out, run out clock, because it's no longer that you are playing a lesser of an offense. You're playing an equivalent, equivalent offense in firepower and in yardage and in scoring. So which means you have to run out the clock because there's going to be times where they put up more points than you in a quarter than you put up against their defense. So you have to run the clock out and limit mistakes and liabilities. Yeah, you guys know I'm on the Isaiah Pacheco hype train, uh, you know, for the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, just hand the ball off to him, hand it off to the other running backs. Um I think that's going to be a key here. Uh, you want to try to, to gas this Eagles defense, make them work in the uh, the run game, especially the front that they have, um, try to tire them out, and then, you know, take your shots down the field to your receivers. But I think, you know, the key to them is really getting the run game started early, really try to dominate, you know, time of possession, um, and really open things up for the receivers down the field. So, you know, I agree with Brian here. I think it's really just, you know, getting the run game going early, which will allow you to open up some things in the passing game. Yeah, and I think a, a critical thing, too, is not to, um, you know, uh, get too deterred from running the ball. If, if they have a few early three and outs, I think it's not meant to be discouraging for the offense in particular. I think it's meant to get some intel on what, you know, a couple reads and a couple gives that Philly is kind of sending out there so that when they go into the when they go into the half that they have um, – they have things that things that they can uh, that they can look at like winks and nods, you know, and and I think that's going to be able to allow Andy Reid to make adjustments and to capitalize on some of the mistakes that Philly um, eventually I think will make, you know, whether it's a gamble in the secondary or a misdirection across the center of the field with the safety. So I think that there's going to be a lot of surveying and sampling and reading the defense in the first half, and if it means coming up short in a few drives for Kansas city. I think they're willing to eat those, 
eat those points because at the end of the day, it's going to be a slow, long progression with this offense. Um, all year, all year long, you know, there's been games when this offense for Kansas City has been a little underwhelming. I very much see this being more like a receiver by committee kind of game. I don't expect anybody to have over 70, 80 yards, to be quite honest. And I think it's meant to keep this uh, uh, defense um, uh, deranged for Philadelphia, just be disoriented, make them beat themselves, uh, make them question themselves in their game planning. And if that means running the ball as well, then they're definitely going to do it. Tell me what does Casey have to not do in this game to for them to screw it up? Tell me what the Chiefs must do to not lose this game. Or I should say the opposite. What should they not yes, what should they not do to lose this game? Double negative. <laughs> uh I think for me, it's just uh, Mahomes not to get too trigger happy. Um, mm, yeah. the limit, the limit of ter- you know, not trying to play too much hero ball. Um, we've seen it happen before, especially when you know there's a lot of pressure coming his way. He tries to force it passes, and it doesn't work out. So I, 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 that's the key, I think, for me um, to have them avoid losing. I know it kind of sounds smart or it, like idiotic, not smart, I should say, to be like, oh yeah, the quarterback shouldn't throw interceptions. Yeah, that's obvious. We all know that, but. <laughs> For this, like I said, you know, we just don't need to see Mahomes get, like I said, trigger happy. Um, we've seen it happen before, and it's caused some issues, um, and especially on the biggest stage in the biggest game of the season, he has to avoid that, especially with this daunting defense. They will literally use that to their advantage and, and turn the game around real quick. So the key for me is for, you know, Mahomes to not get trigger happy. Uh, yeah, and, you know – the defense has a step up here. I know, you know, we all have been talking about, you know, Chris Jones, the great season he's had, but they do this step up here because the Eagles offense is also special as well as the defense are probably the most balanced team we've seen in a little bit of, in a long time. So uh, Chiefs defense need to show up, but my key thing that I'm looking at, Mahomes avoiding any turnovers um, and just, you know, for trying to force passes when they're not there. Yeah, so uh, I agree with everything you just said. So two things I think of, uh, the offensive line can have a bad day in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Um, this has to be your your master class um, of pass block. It's that simple. If you allow him to get hit three to four times, it, the game's over. It's just that simple. Especially if he boots out on that ankle and he gets rolled up. You know, we keep on talking about that uh, hip drop tackle um, that constantly injures, injures players. Tony Pollard uh, broke his leg on that um, in the divisional round. Um, if he runs out of the pocket and gets tackled in a hip drop, uh, his ankle might be done for the game, and that would be the Super Bowl for them. Over. Um, also, Chris Jones can't have a bad day. I know we just talked about the pass rush, and you know, you, you know, you want everyone to have a good game. That's your job. If he has a bad game, they have no prep pass rush. Frank Clark um, has looked absent the entire season. George Karloftis is a rookie, but you know he has shows flashes here and there, so he's streaky and not really that reliable. So it comes down to Chris Jones with me with inferior pressure. Um, you know, I'd like to also see him on the edge a little more this game just because with a guy like Hurts, if you get interior pressure on a mobile quarterback, he just boots out, and with his legs, he can make plays. So, you know, contain for them. Um, on the Chiefs' defense, they have to keep contain on Hurts. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be come down to the O-line and Chris Jones for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was just kind of looking up you know, perusing the the roster for Kansas City. I know there was a there was a, a corner for Kansas City that they targeted routinely through the through the um the playoffs and I'm spacing on his name, but I think that Sneed? Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Sneed. Um 
Yeah. So I, I but um, the young guy from Philadelphia, Gannon, the defensive coordinator, I think that, you know, just getting him, like restraining him because I think that the, the, the most glaring obvious thing is, is the years of experience between Sirianni and this guy, Gannon and the offensive coordinator um, versus, you know, the enemy and, um, and Spagnola and, and Reed, you know, they're, they're class personified, those three guys, and they've been around for a long time. So I think that they're going to be very poised and savvy in how they operate the first half and what they're seeing and how they're adjusting. And I think it's just a matter of not pulling too many, um, um, you know, pull, not pulling punches for Philadelphia. Um, it's a matter of, of surveying things, sticking, like you said, Brian, to their identity, both defensively and offensively, and just not giving any real and not giving any hints uh, away because it's going to be the things that ultimately do them in. It's going to be one big play over the top or one wide open hole. But um, again, this the, these kind of games are always one, you know, one and lost in the trenches. So I still think that the the crux of this still boils down to the offensive line. But it's going to be interesting to see the kind of 4D and 5D level chess that goes on on the sidelines. So, All right. Here it is. Let's make our final predictions for the Super Bowl. I just want you to tell me who's going to win, why, the final score, and then give me your MVP. And I'll start it off. I will use my um, professionalism in this. I hate this team so much. I really do. Uh, and it's been well documented, as you know. But at the end of the day, this team looks like it could be an all-time team. They're well coached. They're balanced on both sides of the ball. They're also very healthy. It seems to be very healthy where it matters the most. And at the end of the day, defense wins championships and I just don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs can ho- even hold it down as the number one seed in the AFC, this Eagles team. I think um, they're really going to limit the scoring from the Chiefs. And that's going to result in a 28-17 to 17 mm. Eagles victory. Oh. And your MVP will be Jalen Hurts. But I just hope I am completely wrong. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, bro. Uh, go, all right, going off that, um, do you guys remember Super Bowl 48, um, Seattle versus Denver? And Denver got absolutely tattooed. We all want um, to forget that is, one, that was terrible. Yeah, um, this is what I Not see bad. in this game I see a great <laughs> offense like Kansas City going up against a great built team, um, like the Eagles, which is basically I was looking at the Eagles, they like replicate that Seattle team if you look at it with the run game. Two stud, two uh, two number one receivers, a mobile quarterback. You know, a great defense. They're like them. I think. Yeah, uh, I think the Philadelphia Eagles will put up points like no one has seen this season on the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I think Pat Mahomes is going to be constantly under duress in this game, um, and I see a clear victory for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, thirty-one to ten. Philadelphia, and I see Hassan Reddick getting the MVP Mm. um, with three sacks this game. Um, In my opinion, though, it's going to go to the entire defensive line. I think in this game alone, that that defensive line will have six sacks. Uh, You guys... That'd be be something else. (laughs) 
You guys are both picking beatdowns. Um, you know, my, my dislike for the Eagles is not as, as much as, as Matt. I mean, I do hate the Eagles, but it's not as documented as Matt's is. Um, so, like I said, professionalism here. Um, but I, I'm going with the Eagles here uh, as well. Uh, I think they're the most balanced team um, we've seen in a while. Their defense is super dominant. However, I think the Chiefs are going to show up. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game, but I think the Eagles are going to win. I have it 34-28 Eagles. My MVP will be Jalen Hurts as well. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to catch us off guard, but I think the Eagles are going to overcome it late, and Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. So – Matt alleges to hate the Eagles more than anybody else in the league, but I would I would throw my hat in as a as a strong second because I encourage Raiders, it. My Raiders have been the butt of every joke with Kansas City for so many years that I literally see red figuratively and literally when I see this team. So um I will be there right there with the green pom poms. Um I <laughs> I fully expect well for first of all, um I've seen enough uh, during the the AFC Championship game to know that they this league and the, these refs will not let this be a blowout. It'll be a tight game. It'll be a, a competitive game down to the wire. I'll leave it as politely as that. Um, I expect it to be right down to the last possession where Mahomes gets the ball back with about two and a half minutes left. But I think ultimately the Philly defense seals it and prevails. I think 28-20 is what we're looking at. Mm final score and um i expect jalen hurts to probably be by default the mvp but i think like you guys alluded to i think the the defense in the front four uh for philadelphia should collectively kind of represent the mvp if there was given one to a, a whole a whole unit so uh 28 20 philly um but i expect us to go down to the wire all right well that gentleman the Super Bowl prediction show has come to a close. Also, don't forget, we have an awesome halftime show with Rihanna, some Google Super Bowl commercials, hopefully some um, deep. We have some deep, deep drops, and I hope it's a special one. I just hope it's a classic Super Bowl with the Chiefs on top. But it's going to be a lot of fun either way. Any final thoughts on the Super Bowl before we say goodbye? I'll say this. I think if any year it's going to happen, there easily could be a Super Bowl MVP that loses the Super Bowl just with these two quarterbacks and Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes. We've seen it before. It only happened once Mm -hmm. Um, in the NFL. There was a Cowboys linebacker that did it. Um, It's possible. Pat Mahomes puts up five touchdowns and still loses. Can you, like, you know, blame them for giving him the MVP? Same thing with Jalen Hurts with his combined uh, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. So I think if any year, this could be the one that could happen. (laughs) Totally off topic, but I will be fully uh, eyes wide open for any kind of uh, 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 demonic symbolism in the crowds or some kind of divine intervention going on. It's kind of been the theme for 2022, and I fully expect something something weird to happen. Kind of like we were talking about the Super Bowl, for, what was it, for, uh, 47, with um, with the, the power going out with like uh, Baltimore and, and San Fran. I think yeah. there's going to be weird, funky shit like that, but um, I will have my eyes peeled for that because there's never a bad time to have a big wrinkle like that in a Super Bowl, so... 
Hmm? I'll be. It'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, it, I'm always I'm always in for the chaos. There's stuff that happens, lights go out. I don't know. I always find that fun and just <laughs> try to figure out what the hell happened. Always that intrigue. Uh, I'm excited for some of the commercials because uh, I see that, you know, they're doing like a Breaking Bad one. That should be funny. Uh, some of the ones that are being teased do look fun. So uh, it's all around going to be fun. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm always in for the chaos if anything crazy happens. Um Maybe there'll be like a mic issue during Rihanna's halftime. Who knows? Uh, but uh, we'll see. There's always something interesting that happens in a Super Bowl. It never seems to be nothing exciting happens. There's always at least, other than the game, something else that was exciting to watch. All right. We will see you Sunday at 6.30 for Super Bowl 57 on Fox. Drink responsibly, gamble responsibly, and just enjoy the company you're around because it's the Super Bowl, and who doesn't like that? All right, guys, I'll see you on Monday to record the show, and we will drop it on Tuesday, our reaction to Super Bowl 57. Have a good night, gentlemen. Good night. Enjoy, everyone. One of my favorite podcasts of the year is the Super Bowl Preview Podcast, and we got another one in the books, another show I am very, very, very proud of. Thank you to Alex, Brian, and Alex for making it all possible, and I can't wait to see how this great game unfolds, and we'll bring you that reaction next week on Tuesday. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdCombopod, we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So we'll see you on Tuesday with the reaction to the Super Bowl. I really think both teams will play a hell of a game with each other. And let's just hope we see a classic. Even though you know who I want to go out on top. All in all, let's just see a good game. And a huge victory. So we will see you this Tuesday with our Super Bowl reaction. And then we will start a great future ahead with more podcasts to go as we approach 200 episodes. And there'll be plenty of more quality content after that enjoy the game everybody eat as much as you can drink responsibly and enjoy the company you're with thank you to brian mckeon alex young and alex ranelio for participating in today's super bowl preview thank you to alex de jesus for producing the content on our social media platforms and thank you the greatest fans and listeners in the world for tuning in every single week and giving us a chance to entertain, inform, and inspire you. We love each and every single one of you. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I'll see you on Tuesday, and we'll talk about how this whole game unfolded. All right, see you later. Peace. All she needed was some...